0: A lot of attention these days on pro athletes who haven't gotten vaccinated for COVID-19. The spotlight is brightest right now on Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, but there have been others across the NBA and in other leagues. So what impact do players who aren't vaccinated have on leagues, their teams, and their locker rooms? To talk about this, we caught up with John Allgood. He is an assistant professor and academic director of the Executive Master of Science in Sports Business program at Temple University School. School of Sports Tourism and Hospitality Management. Give a listen. Are you, or should we, be surprised at vaccine hesitancy in pro sports, or is this really just kind of a cross section of the American population? And you're going to have a, a certain percentage that that just won't go along.
1: Yeah, I think it's a microcosm of what's going on in the country. I think it's it can also be somewhat where you live as well. You know what your background is maybe what what your politics are, from what I've noticed, it's not surprising because I think it's, again, it's a microcosm of what's going on across the country.
0: It is interesting, though, at the professional level, these are athletes that are surrounded by training staffs that have access to pretty much any kind of medical doctor they want. Is it more alarming that despite all that, you still have outliers who won't? get vaccinated? Or once again, is it just there's a certain part of the population that no matter what they're exposed to, they're going to do what they want to do?
1: Yeah, it's it's a personal choice. I don't think it has anything to do with the care that they get as a professional athlete. I think it's just an individual personal choice that they're making, uh, regardless of what the policy is from a league standpoint, or a team standpoint, or a city standpoint. Some of these players are not getting vaxxed just because it's a personal choice that they're making. Are we
0: spending too much time focusing on them? There are athletes out there, but they are in the vast minority. I mean, you talk about the specifics, but most of these teams have 85%, 90% in, across the board, people vaccinated. Is there too much attention or is it important to focus on this?
1: That's a great question. I actually posed that to my senior level class today. And I will tell you, my personal opinion is if a player chooses to not get vaxxed, they have to pay the consequence of not getting vaxxed. For example, Kyrie with the Nets. New York has an ordinance that says if you're, you don't have at least one vaxxed shot, you can't go into a gym. So that's why Kyrie's not able to play. It's because of New York. Well, he knows what the consequence is. If you don't get vaxxed, you don't play. And the Nets made a decision that he could play on the road in some most cities, but they're not going to let him do that as of right now. So are we paying too much attention to it? I don't know too much. We probably do need to talk about it, though, because it it is affecting um, some sports teams. But should we villainize someone for not getting vaxxed? I don't think we should do that either. Again, it's a personal choice.
0: It's interesting. So much of sports at the professional level is team, team, look out for one another, pull for one another. But then you have this, you know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving in the Nets. We've seen in baseball, pitchers miss starts and key spots and stuff like that. What does this do to a locker room? What's the potential of what this does for a locker room? Because I think it's one thing to have this kind of talk on the freedom of choice level, but then let's just, you know, a Sunday baseball game, you know, you're two games out with seven to play and your ace starting pitcher can't go because he wouldn't get vaccinated and had to be contact traced. I would imagine that won't sit well with a lot of guys in a locker room, no?
1: I, you know, it's a tough, tough to answer because let's look at three different situations. You didn't get vaxxed, but you're acting responsibly. You didn't get vaxxed, you're, you're acting irresponsibly. Like I went to a club or, you know, I went to a restaurant or whatever. And then you got vaxxed and then you still got COVID, which we have seen that happen as well. So I think those are three different situations. I think if you're acting irresponsibly, the team locker room will, will turn on you pretty quick. Just because, you know, you're not doing your part for the team. I think if you choose not to get vaxxed and you act responsibly, that's a different element if you get COVID, because if you act responsible, sometimes you're gonna get it anyways. If the intent is wrong in the locker room, then there it will be it will be addressed by the players.
0: We had some talk of mandates. Do you think they're better off professional leagues focusing on just using kind of inconvenience and and stuff rather than mandates and the legal repercussions from that? You know,
1: here's the thing. And let's just take the NFL, for example. The NFL is not a public company. It's not a public organization. They can do whatever they want to as long as the Players Association agrees to it. If they can get to that point where they can agree to it, that's going to happen it's the same thing with the nba they they are not a public organization but they do have to work with the players association so it really is a combination of both of them making decision and basically all the sports are the same way it's them working together to make a decision if it was on the organization side i think they would definitely want a mandate because they're the employer not the employee it's much like me being at temple you know we were mandated to get vaccines as as professors and so were the students because It's not a right for you to go to college. It's a choice for you to go to college. And we're talking about professional sports. College athletics is the same way. You know, a majority of the college athletes, let's just say power five football, are all vaxxed, if not all of them, because what it means to their teams, they only play 12 games. And if your star quarterback is not vaxxed and has to miss a game because of whatever, that could cost you a lot of money uh, down the road. So. Even though there's a university that is a public institution, you make a choice to go to school. and So you have to follow the rules, just like any other vaccine you have to take to, to, to go to college as well. So it's a combination of looking at it's a public organization is not private. and They can make their own mandates as long as the unions go along with it.
0: Kyrie Irving has been the most publicized about this because it's led most of the discussion. Is this having an effect on the public at
1: all? You think
0: this or is it pretty much everyone's dug in where they're dug in and this isn't going to move the needle one way or another?
1: I think it's going to be a reflection of what your beliefs were anyways. And I I think, again, if you if you look at the country, I think it's probably going to be from a fan standpoint where you live, what your beliefs are, what your community thinks. Nothing against a professional athlete and their stance on this. They're not going to sway anybody either way. Let's just say person X decides that she's not going to get vaccinated. And she goes on a public platform and says, I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't think you're going to have other people go, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated either. Or I am going to get vaccinated because someone's vaccinated. I keep using the word personal choice. It literally is a personal choice. And I don't think whether it's a politician or a musician or an entertainer saying you should get vax or not get vax, it's not going to sway that many people either way.
0: Do these, the focus on unvaccinated players and the debates and all, do you think it hurts the leagues at all? From a branding standpoint or anything like that? Or is it just, you know, another
1: day at the office? It's not going to hurt attendance. I mean, it's not going to hurt the front office in any way. Not, Not any measure at all.
0: It's interesting. Last year, we had bubbles. We had extraordinary measures taken to play. This year, things are, in theory, a lot easier because of the vaccines. But we don't have the teamwork the give and take you seem to have last year. Kind of expound on that idea.
1: Yeah, so last year, if you remember, we had basically all the leagues were playing right now, including college football. And I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten came in a little bit later, played a shorter season. But everyone kind of agreed to the protocols, even though there was missed games. We had to cancel games because of COVID outbreak. Worked really well together. you know. And even the fans, like we had some fans that were allowed to go to games, but they were required to wear masks. And then we had cashless transactions within the stadiums. Even then, I, I think about the media and what they were writing about: should we be playing? Should we not be playing? I mean, it got pretty, pretty intense. Columnists: No, we shouldn't be playing. This is not important enough. And then you have other columns saying: No, this is what we need. Well, now a year later, everyone's celebrating that we've got college football back. You know, they're sold out stadiums, basically, where last year it was you know limited to fifteen percent or twenty five percent or whatever. So from a, a holistic standpoint, we are far from where we were a year ago, yet we're still having the tough conversations on the players and the organizations about what the protocols should be. So you have the fans that are all rushing back attendance wise. Then you have players that are going a little bit slower and taking their time. So you're, it's almost like you got two different worlds. you got the fans and then you, got, you have some players that don't want to go.